Get your feet off my chair and shut your trap. Who's gonna make me, huh? I'm gonna get a coat. Who, your boyfriend? Leave her alone, Dal. That's a good one, just out of some jail or something. Yeah, sure. Whatever you say, honey. You better leave us alone or I'll call the cops. Oh, my, my. You got me scared to death. What am, what am I gonna do now, Pony? Huh? This girl's making me shake. Why don't you leave you, us alone? You Be nice and leave us alone. I'm never nice. Can I uh, interest you in a Coca-Cola or 7 up? Get lost, Hood! Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would always you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? Do you think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 66, The Outsiders. So a lot of energy. Let's get it going. This is a big pick, I feel like. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, just an odd movie, though, on rewatch. Yeah. Um, what a cast, though. Yeah, and we will mostly be discussing the dvd slash blu-ray re-release the outsiders the complete novel which has right. some scenes so added in make sure you have the right version yeah when you're watching along and preparing yourself for this discussion you know just just so everyone's on the same page if you have like an old vhs copy now i think this book is on most people's middle school curriculum it certainly seems that way yeah um I can remember reading it, and I think we watched the movie in school, too. It doesn't really come as much of a shock to learn that the author, S.E. Hinton, was 15. Yeah, the dialogue. She wrote just it. Just horrendous. <laughs> I mean, no, and how many friends S.E. Hinton had? I mean, do you think she was interacting with a lot of people? Because it seems like she has no idea how people talk to each other. <laughs> Wow, I didn't know we were going to be turning this into just a bash fest. So anyway, read Outsiders, see Outsiders. (laughs) So before we get too far along here, let's remind everyone we are taking those listener requests. Oh, yeah. We will be doing special listener requested episodes. We've actually been compiling them trying to figure out the order. Yeah. Just so many. We're working through so many of them right now. It actually crashed... uh, our email. Yeah. What is our email? Yeah, <laughs> it was like the movie pass situation. So that's A. B, as always, follow the show on Twitter at GreatestPod. You can tweet us your listener requests. Folks, I mean, I know maybe some people are worried that the movie that they'll pick will get trashed or that <laughs> they will get trashed for picking it. Come on. We have a little bit more tack than that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to say... You're going to get trashed if you don't submit a pick. We <laughs> I'll call you out by name. All 99.9999999% of the world. No, but, you know, 
it'll we we're not total animals. It's meant to be to, fun. We know how to I don't understand. Uh, the show goes away for a while, and then there's all this fanfare, and it unceremoniously comes back, and now it's just like no one cares. <laughs> well, we gotta, you know, we're this we're we're extending an olive branch with this listener request yeah. program, and uh, what else? That's pretty much it. Stickers still floating around. <laughs> they exist. That's what we can say about them. Uh, if you're not really down with the, uh, you know, give us Show. a second episode. <laughs> yeah, we got two words for you. <laughs> no, uh, we're kind of getting some mixed reactions to the uh, give us a second episodes or, you know, maybe some of the more highbrow episode selections like <laughs> Picnic at Hanging Rock. Yeah. Uh, believe a it. lot of people just being like, yeah, I've never seen that. And it's <laughs> like, well, I mean, we didn't really expect anyone to, but yeah, I mean, come with us on a journey through some films you made. Uh, we're, we're asking people to expand their minds just a little I bit. I know of at least one listener who has liked an episode that was about a movie that he didn't see. So that can happen. <laughs> it's, it is possible. Yeah. Yeah. But. Just hang in there with us because we're we're gonna be pumping out tons of content and it's gonna cover a wide range of different things plus ones that you can pick. If you're not happy with picnic and hanging rock, then pick whatever yeah. you want, whatever you want. Wait, the form is open. I don't know how how else you know I could make it any easier for you. Yeah, to uh, like the show because you know Matt and I get excited about doing picnic and hanging rock, but we want and. Uh, and so we're we're you know gonna do an episode on it, irregardless if anyone will listen to it. Well, yeah. But then we also want to do episodes that you would get excited about too. So it's gonna be a it's mix. a conundrum. <laughs> well, no, we're gonna do both. All right. And so that wraps up the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll <laughs> see you next time. Uh, not a lot to say about this one for me. No, not really into it. <laughs> no, um, I'm a little bit worried about you know. What I can and can't say about a particular character. <laughs> <laughs> well, it hasn't stopped you before, so I will say I hadn't watched this in quite a while, but I had more recently watched uh, the Criterion Collection Blu-ray release of Rumblefish, widely accepted as the worst Criterion movie. I wouldn't say that, <laughs> but uh, I, I think I thought the two were way different. But now rewatching this, they are like a lot more similar than I thought. Well, they were filmed back to back, right? But even like the music being weird and a lot of the way the sh- shots are framed, there there's a lot of similarities between the two in that way. Just like kind of odd music that's very <laughs> driving the tempo. Well, I often hear that um, people describe Rumblefish as like an art house movie for teenagers or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'm not getting anything there. No. All right, uh, so... Um, Matt Dillon, equally annoying in each. So <laughs> <laughs> Diane Lane, equally as stunning in each. Yeah, well, that's one thing that upon... Like, I, I honestly don't know when the last time I watched uh, The Outsiders was. I mean, it may have been... In middle school or high school, I I don't know. Yeah, a lot less Cherry Valance than I would have liked. <laughs> She's not really in it a whole hell of a lot. No, <laughs> really, just like three scenes. Yeah, I mean it's not great. 
But she is one of those, and I think she's even in it even less in the original cut because I think that's that courtroom, true, yeah. that courtroom part where she's testifying, I don't even think that's in the original version. Yeah, kind of a shoddy like judicial system that's going on too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, so basically, uh, we're in 1965, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, Just kill yourself basically (laughs) (laughs) not very i mean not not all that unlike uh the landscape that we saw in the last picture show which we haven't done yet but we probably will hopefully we watched that when probably about like months ago months ago it's kind of like this area of the country that's like rife for is that the right word nothingness (laughs) <laughs> rife with not, no, yeah. okay rife with no, nothingness ripe with the potential for great cinema yeah um badlands would be like another example of this like giant skies nothingness kind of midwest malaise right in this time period you know roughly between like the dust bowl and then like yeah it does feel like, like the post 70s, maybe. something like <laughs> post Something that was like okay, I don't know. It has the the feeling of it's weird because it's like the two sides of town, like the the poor people and the rich people. But from most of the town that we see, it doesn't look all that great. We don't see a lot of the uh, south side or whatever, right? Well, I got a question for you. Deep down, are the rich people and the poor people the same? I do wonder if they're trying to say that in this movie. <laughs> they don't hit you over the head with it or anything. Not a subtle picture, but I mean, I think this is for middle schoolers, basically. Right. Um, and I think middle schoolers eat this shit up. <laughs> yeah. I think I probably <laughs> Oh, do. absolutely. Yeah. So we have uh, the low-income working-class teens who are the greasers. Uh, they're kind of the you know main people of the film. You know, sometimes it kind of gets... Our heroes... Anti-heroes, maybe a little bit. Some of them. Yeah. Uh, Dallas, certainly. Sometimes it gets portrayed more as like kind of an equal billing of like greasers and socias, but it's not really anything like that at all. I mean, the socias are mostly portrayed as villains. Yeah. Well, they're and mostly anonymous. Yeah. At least in the film. Um, Leaf Garrett. (laughs) Yeah. There was like a funny uh, anecdote of like one of the crew people. To, like saying like hey leaf don't don't eat all that food save some for the actors which made like all the other actors like crack <laughs> up and they're like yeah leaf save it for the actors <laughs> <laughs> yeah the greasers are uh soda pop and pony boy and their older brother daryl dairy dairy uh johnny uh dally dallas uh two bit Steve. <laughs> yeah, Tom Cruise. It's just Tom Cruise is just Steve. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe even before we jump into this, we should talk about how this was like kind of a, an insane cast. Something that we mentioned in the social network as like a possibility. Oh, yeah. Which never came to fruition. But I mean, it's got Patrick Swayze, uh, Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez, Matt Dillon, Tom Cruise, Ralph Macchio, C. Thomas Howell, Diane Lane. C. Thomas Howell. <laughs> Star-studded. <laughs> all right. I know. And they, all those people I just listed, with the exception of Diane Lane, are the greasers. Well, yeah. Uh, Leaf Garrett and other anonymous people are the socias. Right. <laughs> and 
the main character is basically um, Pony Boy, and I mean, can you imagine that name? Yeah, I mean, the names a lot of in the names are ridiculous, stink. like Two Bit and Soda well, Pop. Two Bit's a nickname. What's his real name? I think it's supposed to be Keith. Oh, well, Soda Pop is his real name, and Pony Boy. Pony Boy are their real names, right? Which is absurd. Pony Boy, it's, all one word, really. Yeah. They're basically, we're in a situation where... Uh, Charlie Valance is like, your name's Pony Boy? <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Well, we'll get into that, because I want to oh. talk about the whole dynamic there of what's going on, because that really was troublesome for me upon this viewing, but we'll work our way up to Cherry's introduction. First, let's lay out the scene a little bit, uh, and I kind of get Derry and Dally mixed up all the time, because their names are basically the same, but... Right. Derry is Patrick Swayze. Is Patrick Swayze. He is the older brother of Soda Pop, who's Rob Lowe and Pony Boy, C. Thomas Howe. And he is like their guardian now because their parents are dead, which is an absurd shot in the film, by the way, where their car oh. is being hit by a train you in broad daylight. Absurd shots of the movie. It's like, I didn't even remember this. The opening of the movie with the music cue that's going on is insane. That song oh, the Stevie Wonder po- song? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I'm like, this is the opening of the movie? It kind of seems like it's a DVD menu screen, but it's just... I think it was meant to look like old uh, stage productions of the past. It does a little thing. bit, but the, the song is, like, distracting. Um, <laughs> I like the song. Now, on paper, just, like, kind of doing an, an overview of all the characters, Derry... Patrick Swayze kind of seems like he would be one of the more interesting characters overall because he actually has been on both sides of the fences more because as we find out about the Curtis family, they were so shiz, but it doesn't really seem like Soda Pop and Pony Boy really lived the life as much. Derry was like a football player, you know, probably cruising around town with all the What's with your fucking parents chicks? if they don't know how to drive over train tracks? Yeah, I, I mean, what was going well, on? Was there, there even a road there? I mean, it's, just like, <laughs> it's in the middle of the woods. I definitely think uh accidental death questionable. Uh it seemed intentional. It was like a a murder suicide kind of thing. But really, you don't even get that much of Derry's whole thing other than like when they're in the big fight sequence someone's like oh they used to play football together (laughs) you know yeah and he seemed like you know gave up his life though to take care of these idiots soda pop and pony boy he he could have gotten through life with kind of a half normal name (laughs) half normal daryl half normal (laughs) um yeah but when you go by dairy for short i mean it kind of seems like and and I think we should kind of try to put this in context. This film came out uh, in 1983, the year that I was born. Um, this was kind of like the <laughs> fir- an important detail <laughs> that's important to me. Yeah. This is the first time, or one of the first times uh, in film that like the kids from the other side of the tracks, like the, the the poor kids, the abused kids, neglected by their parents, kids were kind of portrayed in any kind of realistic way. Sure, there's a lot of melodrama and. Some angst, some, pent up teen yeah. angst kind of bullshit going on. What you know to add to the story, but, but like you're gonna have that. As far as like the visual presentation of this kind of poor reality that you know definitely had existed for a long time before 1983, 
um, it kind of paved the way for a lot of things that would come after it and, you know, still come out today. And so it doesn't really seem particularly groundbreaking now. But, you know, not only do they portray it and show it, I mean, these are our heroes of the film. They're the main characters. Uh, they're the ones we follow and are supposed to care about. So it's kind of this interesting um, thing to to kind of just suddenly spring on cinemas in, you know, the early 1980s. And, you know, it's kind of turned into this um, classic among probably like our generations yeah. and a little and younger and older because it's be, you know it goes along with reading the book in school because of course we read the book at school and then we watched the movie right and i'll say this when i read the book and watched the movie i was like you know it'd be cool to have a switchblade <laughs> <laughs> but i did think like while i was reading it, i was like boy it's insane and we get to a part in the movie of this but i feel like it's referenced earlier in the book and rumblefish and the other se hinton books are all like this that these dudes get into fights with like weapons and yeah i was always like well where do you think this is headed <laughs> yeah we were joking I, like whenever they're preparing for like the big rumble and they're gonna just it's gonna be just fists no no knives no chains i was like well, what if it was knives do usually have knives yeah i was like there just would be like 30 dead kids yeah. in the park <laughs> stacks of kids <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, uh. but I just, yeah, I just remember always thinking that because I did read a couple of the S.E. Hinton books and I was always like, that is so weird that these dudes just kind of like openly talk about or have like inner monologues about how they're going to be in fights with like chains and occasionally guns are involved. Like Someone might have a heater. Well, you know, the main kind of... uh action of this story the outsiders kind of revolves around a knife and a dead boy um it all kind of starts with uh, a seemingly somewhat innocent night at the drive-in uh not unlike if you go you know turn back the clock all the way to episode what like six six of uh the wonder years which <laughs> reminds me i need to get my end the end of summer. both Driving nights ended equally as brutal. <laughs> um, yeah, so which is a joke that is like so only funny to <laughs> you and me. Yeah, as like a companion piece to watching The Outsiders, you need to watch uh, The Lake and Back to the Lake. Really, it's like Wonder a years. companion piece to life. Yeah, <laughs> you, your life is not complete until you've watched those episodes. But anyway, uh Dallas, who's Matt Dillon, he takes uh Johnny, who's Ralph Macchio and uh Ponyboy to the movies. They sneak in. Um I guess like in addition to being able to drive your car in, there's seemingly some random seats. Right. So Cherry Valance, uh played by a young Diane Lane and her friend, I think her name's like Marsha or something. Uh. They like get into a fight with their boyfriends or cherry does and oh boy yeah. so they kind of leave the car and go sit at the, in these seats and then they kind of cross paths with they the know greasers yeah um the greasers you know are kind of like the uh kind of like an older version of the judd nelson character from breakfast, uh, breakfast club. club and by older i mean older, older in time yeah. yeah like a different time not like older in age because Oh, maybe maybe Dallas was supposed to be, but is Dallas uh, older than Pony Boy and 
Well, Pony Boy's Johnny. only supposed to be 14. It, but Johnny's got to be 16. To, oh, okay. Although in real life, I think Ralph Macchio was in his 20s during this, which is crazy because <laughs> he looks so small. Yeah. Because Dallas... I think Dallas is supposed to be... He seems older, but then it, at times it seems like it's kind of being implied that he's more peers with Pony Boy and Johnny. I think he's supposed to be like 18. He's just a little harder because, you know, he's done some time. I think he's supposed yeah. to be like 18. Yeah. And... I think Derry is supposed to be 20. Okay. Although Swayze was 29 when they filmed this. Looked incredible, though. <laughs> a lot of hunks. Because 29 is so old. I mean, we could go on and on about how smoking hot Cherry Valance is, and she is, but there's a lot of hunks in this one. You got yeah. your crews. You got your Rob Lowe. Emilio Just Estevez. A hairless Rob Lowe. Oh, yeah. His chest. <laughs> <laughs> Emilio Estevez... I will say this about Emilio. Uh, I would not have predicted going into this viewing that I would have been thinking his character was like the greatest. And he by far was the most entertaining to yeah. me in this. Uh, if I anyone think when has funny lines, it's only him. I think when you're younger, you think like uh, Dallas is like such a badass and he's so great and so dramatic. But like... I hate to say it, but it seemed like Matt Dillon was kind of struggling to act a few times yeah, throughout no, this. It's I, a I, little yeah. awkward, especially his like death scene, which is so. Ugh. Yeah, there's He's, a like, lot crawling of there's around. a lot of stuff that doesn't really have like a natural flow to it. <laughs> but uh, Two Bit, played by Emilio Estevez, is number one insanely badass, <laughs> <laughs> and number two is like pretty funny and like carefree. And, He's like, a bit of a feminist nightmare. Well, they all are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I mean, That's maybe, maybe not, not Pony, Pony Boy, because yeah. I don't think Pony Boy is that interested in the ladies. He's more yeah. interested in his brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing we do have to say before we finish this Holy thought shit. of the drive-in yeah. is a lot of weird interaction between Pony Boy and the other boys. Now, I'll say this. The Curtis household looks big enough to comfortably room three brothers. Yet, for some reason, Pony Boy and Soda Pop sleep in the same bed, wrap their arms around each other. Yeah, there's a lot of like I intimate mean, bedtime between those two. And like you have to imagine that Soda Pop is at least supposed to be like 16 yeah, or 17. He's out of high school, I thought. I thought well, he dropped out. Okay, yeah. So he's probably at least like 16 or 17, at the very least. Yeah, I do like, though, and he could even be older, how but. Soda Pop is just like, yeah, I'm happy just being a gas station attendant. Yeah, things didn't really work out that well for Soda Pop in the long run because... He was a looker. A, though. in the bonus scene that they added to this cut, uh, which is just an absurd scene that I don't even want to get into, <laughs> he's holding like a letter in the book. That letter is from that girl he was going to marry, telling oh, yeah. him that she's pregnant with someone else's baby and moving Yeesh. to Florida. Brutal. And then B... Uh, Rob Lowe asked Essie Hinton on set, like, what what happens to Soda Pop after this? <laughs> she was like, he gets drafted to Vietnam and killed. Oh, and I was just like, why would she say that? Yeah, it's a fictional person. I don't know. It she could have just it said could be anything. anything. Yeah, <laughs> he won the lottery. <laughs> yeah, things are going really well. <laughs> um, he lost the lottery and went to Vietnam. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Dallas, Ponyboy, Johnny at the movies, they meet Cherry, and it is just like... Grope City? It's like, it is not unlike uh, Bender and Claire Oh, even worse, Breakfast though. Club. But I mean... 
a little bit even more like touchy feely uh, a little bit the only thing more uncomfortable than the amount of dude groping going on is the groping that's happening here I mean, I think you're exaggerating a little bit. I don't think he really, like, truly gropes her. No, no, her but he, like, grabs her and stuff, doesn't he? He puts his arms on her. Maybe, like, around her shoulders, like, yeah, for yeah. a second. Not, like... I know, but would you ever... No, no, no I'm not excuse. Don't... Yeah, let's not... I'm not painting you in that corner. Don't Let's worry. not say yeah. that I'm, like, it's justifying what he does, see. but it's no. not, like... It's not, you're making it sound like he just I know. squeezed her boob or something. No, no, I, like I'm that. exaggerating the situation, but it's just more like, would you ever, and specifically, would you ever to a girl like Cherry Valance, an angel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she is just like, I've, I, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, the, like I, I, pretty much every dude that I went to school with when we had watched this movie was in love with Cherry Valance. I mean, how could you not be? <laughs> right. I guess like her uh Diane Lane and and Matt Dillon like kind of got off on the wrong foot cuz they filmed like one of those kind of scenes first and then like they kind of like had kind of like a feud on set for he a really while. He really went for it. <laughs> but then I also saw that they briefly dated. So I was like, I don't know, this set seems wow. like it was out of control. That whole story is like uh life imitating art yeah. a little bit because yeah, th- that's the thing with this whole thing you do find it like wow this is so off-putting and i mean yeah i was exaggerating about the amount of physicality going on but he's being like a douche yeah he's real obnoxious right and then by the end of it she's basically telling pony boy who thinks he's got like a little bit of a flirtation going i don't know if i ever see that Dallas again. I if don't I ever know if see I'll... Dallas Winston again, I'll probably fall in love with him. Yeah, it's like, it's I, like I don't know. A... I'll kill him or I'll fall in love with him. It's like, like so like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was like very uh early not the message that early to mid sixties dramatic. It was just like ugh, nobody would really ever say that. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, so you know, Dallas is giving him a hard time, but like he kinda, you know, finally goes away. I think like she pushes a drink back on him and he spills it on himself and he gets mad and storms off and then two bit shows up and the three of them are hanging around with uh Cherry and Marsha and they're getting ready to leave and then uh Cherry's boyfriend played by Leaf Garrett and his buddies start coming up with their car you know following them down the thing and they're like yelling at him like what are you doing with those greasers like you know, <laughs> like that and that's pretty much this whole the acting on the level of like phantasm <laughs> the, the acting no gopher <laughs> The acting basically on the level of me just giving that line reading right now. And basically everything that happens can be just traced back to Cherry Valance. I mean, she's basically not really in the film all that much, but she kind of is like Helena Troy. The fucking face that launched a thousand ships or whatever. (laughs) The face that launched a thousand switchblades. Yeah. Because, you know, 2-Bit who's... You know she was going back to her boyfriend and being like... You won't believe what they said to me. But it was not even about Dallas. She's saying it about like Pony Boy and Johnny, <laughs> who are just such wimps that they don't even know what to say. <laughs> They're like wetting themselves yeah, just because yeah. she's talking to them. Right. And then she's going back to Bob or whoever. And, and they're, she's like, oh, yeah, the, those boys are really strong. And they asked me out and stuff. <laughs> They're really strong. <laughs> it's like Stephanie from Bug Juice. <laughs> They're strong. <laughs> 
Oh man. But like when they get out of the car and they're like acting like they're gonna intimidate like uh Pony Boy and Johnny and Tubin <laughs> like they yell something out and before they even finish the sentence, Tubin smashes a bottle oh, on the fence and hands it to Pony oh, yeah. Boy and then takes his switchblade out. In like one depth move is just like you wanna go or whatever, and before the guy can even respond, he's like <laughs> Like, smashes against the fence, hands him the broken bottle, and pulls the switchblade out all at once. Yeah, it was, like, an insane move. And I was just, like, I was losing my mind watching this. Yeah, that it was, was the funny. most badass two seconds I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> it was everything I've always wanted to be. <laughs> just breaking a bottle. And then they back down immediately. But what ends up happening is 2-Bit goes home. Johnny doesn't want to go home because Johnny, who's kind of like the soft-spoken, uh, uber-emotional one of the group. I mean, Ponyboy and Johnny are both, like, way too emo to be gre- greasers. But, like, <laughs> Johnny's parents, like, are basically having, like, a wrestling match in, in the living room. I mean, it's like, what is... It's like... <laughs> but I like how they just, like, carry on conversation in front of the house. There's, like... The no acknowledgement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Johnny's you dad see, is, like, like taking his mom's head window. and smashing yeah. it against the wall. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, yeah. All right, have a nice night, Johnny. So, two bit goes home, but then Johnny and Ponyboy go to the park. Ponyboy ends up falling asleep. Shocker, in each other's arms, by the way. <laughs> it's like, what? Hey, Johnny, why don't you lay your head on my chest? <laughs> well, yeah, so then Ponyboy goes to, uh, goes back home and then, like, Darius like pissed at him for coming home at like two thirty in the morning or whatever, and he's like, "Well, I fell asleep," and then it leads to like this ridiculous altercation where like uh, Derry pushes him. It's what it looked like to me, but they keep later they keep ins- like acting like he hit him or something. I don't really. Yeah, know what, I don't know. There's a it- lot of weirdness going on between Derry and Pony Boy, <laughs> which all plays out in a ridiculous threesome at the end of the movie with the three brothers well that's that is an added scene that yeah thing. i i thought so i didn't remember that yeah it's kind of like a weird way to end the movie yeah after, it is you know the dramatic events of that preceded but a half hour before that <laughs> so pony boy runs out of the house and runs back to the park and johnny's still there because he, and he's like sleeping under a pile of trash <laughs> It's like, oh man, this is a real bleak scene going it's on in Tulsa, real Oklahoma. close to home. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but unlike you, he was like fully clothed. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't just and nude wasted, under a pile yeah. of trash. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes Johnny back up and he's like, We're running away from home. And Johnny just, I guess, is just like, Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't. Have, well, he's ready to run away from home at any minute. Yeah, and that's whenever. The Soshas, who apparently never have to be home, because at this point it's now like supposed to be like three in the morning or something. They're yeah. just driving around in the bad part of town looking for greasers, I guess, and they're all drunk, which is what led to the fight with Cherry in the first place. This is like Cherry's boyfriend. They've been on a real bender. Yeah. And we kind of get the backstory that Leif Garrett, uh, his character, was the one that gave Johnny the scar on his face from like a beat down before because he wears like these, you know, big rings on his finger, which is like a ridiculous backstory. What's <laughs> a ridiculous life choice <laughs> as a person in high school to yeah. be wearing like multiple rings. Right. But like <laughs> really any time in life. Yeah. But they get out, they start giving them a hard time. 
uh, messing with them. They kind of like it's kind of like throw, what's this about <laughs> really? Well, I mean, they throw like Johnny to the ground, and then they grab Pony Boy, and there's like a fountain, and they start like pretending to drown. It's like him. a wishing well. Yeah, and they're like messing with him and holding him underwater and all this shit. And then we kind of cut to the aftermath. We don't see well, the see actual. The, well, it's kind of like almost. It's not a point of view shot, but you're only seeing basically pony boy underwater and then the water turns red oh yeah 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 uh we did see i mean we did see johnny you see him pull the knife out of his pocket and then cut to bob Liv garrett is just dead on the ground dead with blood everywhere super dead (laughs) he's deader than friends nowhere to be seen yeah (laughs) they got out of there (laughs) real quick that's the funny part is like the friends just leave and there's no real like hurry up we got to get out of here like it's like they're just <laughs> yeah. kind of sitting there and it's like well wouldn't you assume that the other socias would run and tell the cops they like uh smoked a blunt and drove around fucking lincoln park for a while <laughs> <laughs> but like they're like you dallas know, always said he's hard but he's not hard he's never <laughs> killed a motherfucker <laughs> So, yeah, they're like, well, we got to get Dallas. He'll know what to do because he's like the big hood of the group. And they track him down. He's, he apparently lives above a bar I or guess something. so. Whatever's going on here is weird. Tom Waits opens the door. <laughs> yeah, it's like some kind of – they call it – they do refer to it as a party. Someone does. But it seems like it's like a it bar. It looks like a bar. Yeah, there's like bar lights in the but window. But like at this point, it now has to be like four in the morning. I mean, it is like – 1965, yeah. Tulsa, Oklahoma, four in the morning. This party is <laughs> roaring. Yeah. Uh, Dallas is upstairs trying to get some sleep. They wake him up. He, I mean, I guess to give him credit, he kind of, uh, he has a plan for them. He, Rarely wearing a shirt, Dallas. Oh, I yeah. I mean, jeez. A lot of hairless boy chests in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's like, all right, well, I got a gun and uh, I'll give you some money and why would they need a gun for protection? <laughs> I don't know. And uh, he gives them instructions on how to get to this like abandoned church that's like on a mountain. Although it never really seems like it's on a mountain. I don't know. I guess it's not really a mountain. The backstory on this that. church very confusing. Yeah, it's it like, like, what did, is this church? Why is it there? There's no roads going to it. Like, right. Why was it ever built? What is? Why is it abandoned? Why do those kids go to it later? That That's is never really explained. confusing. Anyway, so they go basically hide out in this church. And I like when they're trying to find it and they go to talk to those like worker guys who are just like drinking while they're working. <laughs> yeah. But like also they, they have this whole thing where like, oh, we got to pretend like we're farm boys or something. Yeah, they're real paranoid about people finding out that they're greasers. Meanwhile, it's like how quick is news traveling? Well, that's the thing. You're kind of like they kind of aren't sure whether or not they should be worried about people finding out about what happened and looking for them specifically or just people like being anti-greaser in general. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the the kind of ironic thing is it's like nobody in this place where they go seems to give two shits about greasers or anything. And is everybody a greaser? Did you see those guys working? Yeah, those guys weren't exactly like, you know. I wouldn't call them socias. Hanging out at country clubs, yeah. you know. But anyway, they find this place and, you know, they get some food and they start reading Gone with the Wind and <laughs> they bleach Literature playing a heavy Pony part, Boy's yeah. hair. Yeah. For some reason, which I mean, is that's so just like there's so, it's kind of like but it, you know what? It's kind of like it that part to me in a weird way seems very realistic. 
like they don't they would decide to do that because they're just like so panicked yeah they they don't don't know what to do but they're like well what what are ways they like cut each other's hair but they, they don't even really cut it that much do you think anybody has a picture of them I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm still like unconvinced as to how they would be the two that would be positively identified by a bunch of drunk dudes who do they know them by name? Those guys, the other socias, like it doesn't really seem like they would even be prime suspects at first. It Those seems other like socias weren't even trying to admit that they were there. <laughs> They're like, let's get out of here. So, although Cherry was really quick to be like, "Well, I'll testify against my dead boyfriend." <laughs> There's a lot of weird decisions going on, like because eventually, like uh, Dallas shows up to bre- to break up like the Brokeback Mountain that's developing yeah. in this church. And, break up or join in? <laughs> you know, he takes them out to get food, and he's like filling them in on like what's been going on and all this stuff. And he's like, "Oh, I got this spy." He's like, "You remember that girl Cherry?" And they're like, "Remember her?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's all we could think about. Well, yeah, we remember her from two days ago. I mean, well, I think it's supposed to be time? like a week or okay. no, four days, right. four or five days, yeah. something like that. Because I think I think they say that. I don't know. So he's like, "Yeah, she's been saying this, and she said she would testify on Johnny's behalf that it was self defense and say they were drunk and blah blah." I'm like, "Man, Cherry's just got like." You know, she's she's just like a blabbermouth. It's like literally her her boyfriend's body isn't even cold yet, and she's running over she to can't Dallas. Wait to bury him. Um, <laughs> but I like how literally also, and figuratively. Yeah. But what does it mean that it's like I'll testify that it was self defense? It's like you weren't there. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's nice, honey. <laughs> I mean, can I just testify that OJ was in self defense? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like. I mean, they do show, like, in that, you know, extended scene in the court, I mean, they do show her testifying, and she's talking about how drunk they were and all that stuff and the stuff they were doing, yeah. but, and which, I mean, could be used, but, like, she couldn't actually say it was self-defense. Right. I mean, she wasn't there when it actually happened. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, we get to see, whenever they go to that uh, pretty cool-looking Dairy Queen, we get to see, like, that a, is cool looking. Uh, a pretty cool cameo of francis ford coppola's daughter sophia coppola yeah who could one day uh well she's we've had a movie of hers in the past could happen again yeah and a little goofy as a kid though <laughs> <laughs> okay so I mean, it's not quite godfather three yet when they go to um when they go back to the church though the church is on f- okay so here's the thing the church is on fire because one of them left a lit cigarette, presumably, I think is what we're supposed to take. Seems from this. insane. So okay, that's a lot possible. Of dry wood, I guess. Yeah, I mean there was stuff in there that might burn and then catch or whatever. So okay, that's believable. But then for some reason there is like a school field trip of little children hanging out around this church, and then for some reason some of, some of the kids were in the church. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Number Who one, chaperoning this. Yeah, there's thing. like multiple adults there. What were you doing? Why were they even in the church? It's not like it's an easy church to get in either. You have to like break through boards to get inside. Well, there's like raccoons and mice and an owl in there. I mean, it is like lit not cigarettes. safe. <laughs> lit cigarettes, um, baloney. Yeah. <laughs> They're eating so much baloney. But like, 
so this prompts, you know, uh, Ponyboy and Johnny to run into the burning building to save the kids that are trapped in there. Much to the chagrin of uh, Dallas, who's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Who and- cares? <laughs> are they your kids, Johnny? <laughs> and, you know, they're they're getting the kids out safely and everything, and then Johnny gets trapped in there, and, you know, he gets all fucked up. And Dallas is in there, too, but he's okay, Dallas kind of goes in to try and save Johnny. Well, yeah, he eventually starts helping them with the kids, yeah, too. Yeah, And um, you know, they're all three credited as heroes, but they're all rushed back into town to go to the hospital. At this point, it's just kind of decided that the boy who's now burned up and paralyzed from the fire is going to take the heat for this murder rap because <laughs> pony boy is just allowed to go home right like nothing happened that's the thing you would think he would be arrested immediately at the hospital but they're just like well we might kind of look into like a social issue here with the living arrangement but well yeah that's like the big threat that's always the, like <laughs> fleeing the scene of murder well yeah the big threat up. looming over um Dairy and Soda Pop and Pony Boy is always like, oh, the state is going to step in and see that you're living in squalor and (laughs) be taken away and sent to a boy's home, which is always like, like, wow, I was living... When he got to that church, he was like, this is like the Hilton. (laughs) Well, this is like not an uncommon threat in uh, like childhood literature and movies and stuff like that. Like the the looming threat of like an orphanage or a boy's home or something like that. Yeah. It's always kind of like a faceless menace that hangs over these kind of things. Not unlike in the newsies with the, uh, Christian Bale and other characters in that. Um, <laughs> just thought I'd bring up the yeah. newsies for no reason. Um, Johnny, not in great shape. No, pretty, bleak dallas having a hard time with it yeah dallas seems to have like a special kind of affinity That's the thing it does there's definitely a connection between the two in the sense that it seems like dallas looks at johnny in a way of like i can't let this dude's life be ruined because he's too good yeah i mean I he think doesn't want him to go to jail he's like jail will change you you'll be like me i want you to remain the same well yeah which is obviously like kind of a another hit you over the head recurring theme yeah. because obviously they while they're at that church uh pony boy shares the uh poem the robert frost poem and you know the whole stay gold thing Ugh. <laughs> for fans of newfound glory uh, yeah. <laughs> now now that they're like uh the boys are back in town if you will um yeah i guess really we're all, all kind of building towards this big rumble between the so- greasers and the socials which is like if i was in a real fight i'd be like can we not call it a rumble it doesn't <laughs> see it seems fake <laughs> well it was 1965 people are rumbling in the streets yeah yeah <laughs> but like i i'm I, you kind of have to like i guess assume that like the catalyst for this rumble is the death of bob yeah so it's kind of i guess there's been like an ongoing dialogue that between the two groups that all right listen at some point in the future, they have to like work around people's schedules. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a big like 20 on 20 battle royale. No chains, no knives, skin on skin. Yeah. <laughs> Even saying no skin knives. on skin is kind of weird. Yeah. 
But like before the rumble can happen, Ponyboy kind of runs into Cherry and he's kind of like throwing it in her face like, hey, you know, have you been to see Johnny? And she's like, I can't. And at first you're like, oh my God, what a cunt. But yeah, like, she should be like, I can't. He murdered well, he, my she, boyfriend. He does, she does say that eventually. And then you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> well, plus she's like, well, and I'm not friends with him. I met him for 20 minutes. <laughs> but Ponywood's like, yeah, but can't you just like go jerk him off or something? He needs a little release up there. Oh, he, no, he's like, yeah, but you see the sunset and so do I. Good day. <laughs> He's like, man, I really got her good. Yeah. She's just She's like, like, what? what? He's like, do you do you see the sunset down there in the south? She's like, uh, yeah. He's like, we yeah, see it, we on the see north it up side here too. too. She's like, wow, man, that's so deep. Yeah. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> you douche. Yeah. Okay. So the dynamic that I kind of wanted to talk about was like, I always kind of, I feel like. Whenever we watched this, I was kind of taken back to a time of watching this when I was younger, when I'd probably watched it multiple times and read the book and everything. And I feel like every single time I've watched this, I always kind of get stuck in the not knowing for sure what's going on with Cherry, uh, Ponyboy, and Dallas. Like, I, I never get the dynamic that we're supposed to get because clearly Dallas is into her. She makes that one comment that kind of implies that oh. she would be into him. But, like, it never feels like she's really that invested in Dallas. But, like, no, no, but she I also, didn't get that. But she also kind of, like, goes for Ponyboy, too. Yeah, I always thought that, like, she was kind of into Ponyboy, but, you know, it was never really going to happen after all this. Well, I also kind of thought she was too old. I, I also thought, like... She was oh. like a few years older than Pony. Yeah, that could be. So the it case. was kind of unrealistic longing right. on his part. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I think the idea is that she's supposed to be into Dallas, but like, it doesn't really matter because she's not going to date either of them. Yeah. In the end, but like, I think she's more into him, Dallas. Okay. But Dallas is like insane. Oh yeah. And like. You know, he really can't handle disappointment well. <laughs> and, and, you know, when Johnny dies, it's a big disappointment. <laughs> so he basically commits suicide by cop. Yeah. Um. So the rumble happens. Dally's going to miss it. And then, of course, the dramatic, like, WWE-style last-minute run-in. Run it's not a rumble without me or whatever. Yeah, Which we could barely hear because the version of the movie that we were watching, <laughs> which we're not going to talk about, but... <laughs> Yeah, we had a lot of weird um, music going on with this movie. I although, unbelievable part, for all the audio discussion that we had, at the end, when you tried to check different audio versions, because that was an option, it just popped up with one option that said English. <laughs> <laughs> so why even put it in the oh, menu? Oh, yeah, I know. Why would it even have an option? Um, this needs like a better Blu-ray release. Now, I'm just going to say it. The rumble sequence, not unlike uh, amateur softball tournaments that you've played in oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah i would be like uh pony boy He'd just get punched immediately, immediately? <laughs> that is apparently the... he was punched for real and knocked out cold oh. <laughs> on that, that part yeah a lot of the actors ended up getting like pretty injured from this from what i was seeing i love when they're leaving the curtis house on route to the rumble and 
Patrick Swayze, who's been pretty like chill most of the movie. I mean, he yells at Pony Boy, but he seems like, you know, he's older. He's kind of reserved. Decides to do like a full on like handspring off the top of the fence. Yeah. So much so that it's like he's delayed like straight up in the air. Oh yeah, and he suspended. He does and, the like, whole thing where he turns twists his hands around. around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like. And then yeah, Tom Cruise does like a backflip off of a car or something yeah. <laughs> i don't really know what he was doing quite a group of gymnasts greasers <laughs> yeah i mean the fact that like Derry is supposed to be 20 years old and he looks way older than 20 because patrick swayze was and it's like the fact that he's going out to like rumble in a park with like other dudes it's like what is well, happening that, yeah that's the other weird thing it's like this weird tradition that has to carry on because it's like obviously there's dudes on the social side that have graduated from high school <laughs> you know what i mean it's like these kids ranging from like well, it doesn't seem like 20? it's a school thing because obviously a lot of the greaser people have either dropped out oh, yeah. or moved on i mean it's more about pride i guess i don't know i know but like it's like dude didn't you like go away to college and like move on you're still like you got to stand tall for your social brethren it's brethren. kind of like a weird setup too because the whole idea behind why this particular rumble is going down because i mean we get the impression that there's been rumbles before and will be more rumbles to come but this (laughs) one seems to be based off of johnny killing uh, bob in the park and yet we're supposed to feel like triumphant when the greasers win it's kind of hard to tell who wins well, the gre- well, the greasers win the rumble. I understand the that. Win at life. What I'm trying to say, <laughs> <laughs> I think we got that. Yeah, point. no, I, I understand that the greasers win the rumble. But what I'm trying to say is, how do they win? All of a sudden, the socials just <laughs> decide to retreat. But yeah, I mean, they collectively are like, "Oh, we're losing. Let's go." I mean, well, I think if a couple go, then the numbers really start to shift. Yeah, and the, the other ones are like, "All right, we got to get out. You got to get out of there quick." Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I guess there's really no. Well, who do you think's gonna win a fist fight? Like the guys that have been beaten up by their parents the whole life, or the people that <laughs> have been just, you know, had sweater vests on. You know, trying to get Cherry Valance's bra off in the backseat of the car. Sweater vests. It's like, what is going on too with Pony Boy's wardrobe early in the movies? Rocking like the Bill Belichick cut off sleeve sweater. <laughs> there seem to be like a lot of cut off sweatshirts weird moves going on. Uh, amongst the greasers uh not really fashion forward um so the greasers win so the greasers win they go to tell johnny triumph johnny dies after telling them who gives a shit about your rumble (laughs) and he tells pony boy to stay gold and then dies in a dramatic way and then dallas kind of loses his shit yeah he he takes it pretty hard you know runs around um goes to like a grocery store with the most insane looking clerk working there a guy rocking like a button-up shirt with a tie and a cardigan over top it's like dude (laughs) you could wear like a (laughs) t-shirt you were gonna like it was a different time people who had jobs acted professionally matt when was that (laughs) but like yeah he robs the convenience store and then the 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 clerk just fires the gun at him when he's on his way out. It's like insane. insane. Right. And then um, he's running through the street. Should be pointed out, too, that he's been carrying around this gun with no bullets in it. Yeah. Which he just fires at someone at the hospital multiple times. <laughs> you know, obviously there's no bullets coming out, but it's still a pretty insane move. Yeah, and he runs and he calls uh, Derry from a payphone and 
whenever he tells him to meet them meet him at the park and then he runs away from the phone and then the camera lingers and we see there's blood so he's been shot by this clerk um he's running through the street like a madman no shirt leather jacket the outsider is rushing to try to meet him and the police him, hot on on his heels and instead of you know just forfeiting or going down and dropping the gun and everything he holds he brandishes the gun up and the police shoot him and multiple times you know the kids are running up screaming it's not loaded which i mean i, I mean i get that you know their heart is in the right place there yeah. but it's like what is that i mean that's would not the cops happen. be buying that yeah it's like come on <laughs> Yeah, I know. And then they start yelling at the cops afterwards. You freaking idiots! <laughs> like, yeah, well, I think like Patrick Swayze like calls them freaks yeah, or something. You dumb freaks! <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like what I yell once at you once the mic is off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like that was terrible. Um, why did you sandbag me on that joke? <laughs> Oh my god. That's going to be the the name of the behind the scenes book that I'm going to be writing oh. about it. <laughs> about this. Why did you sandbag me on that joke? That'll the be a story real of the hot greatest seller. moments in history forever. So anyway, follow the show on Twitter. Is that it? Does no. I mean do we wrap well, up dude, the, the movie, movie there? The movie does go on and on and on and on after this, but it's like is there anything really Well, the regular version of the movie is an hour and a half. The version we watch is almost 2 hours. Oh, yeah, that's so there's like a whole added scenes. part about like soda pop freaking out and that doesn't make You guys always put me in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a very uh convincing uh performance in that Good scene. Flick. Rob Lowe. So basically, I guess uh we see Pony Boy at school and Cherry oh, yeah. kind of gives him like the yeah, I don't know you kind of thing. The brush off. Which I guess isn't too hey, much Jerry, of a surprise. Hey, Jerry, good to see you. Remember that time you testified on my behalf in court like a couple weeks ago? Thanks. And, to, and, and my like, best friend who's now dead killed your boyfriend? Yeah, that was weird. And she was like, no, I have no idea who you are. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, they talk about it in The Breakfast Club. Right. So we're kind of seeing, uh, you know, a lot of connections between the two Emilio Estevez projects <laughs> from the uh, mid-80s. It's kind of hard to believe that Emilio Estevez is older in The Breakfast Club than he is in this movie. That is hard to believe. He looks pretty old in this movie. He looks weird, I would say. <laughs> he looks fat. Yeah, yeah. That's he what I meant. He looks fatter than he is in The Breakfast right. Club for well, sure. He, he got cut for The Breakfast Club. He, was <laughs> he had to be a wrestler. Yeah. He's very method. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, in order to, like, save his grade, I guess, hopefully in English class, I don't know what other class this stupid thing he's writing could be for... Pony decides yeah. to write this whole story well, down. Well, the teacher's like, well, you're flunking basically because you're an idiot and you come from garbage, but <laughs> I'll let you get a C if you just basically like write a paper on something that you experienced. And Pony Boy makes like a really funny joke. Did he? And the whole thing where he's like, oh, I'll write it about going to the zoo. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't even, I, I, I still didn't really understand what he meant by oh, that. Oh, I, I, I thought the implication was supposed to be that like the teacher was saying write about a, a personal experience, and you're like, oh wow, all this crazy stuff has happened to him. Like his parents died, his best friend killed someone, and he died. But like he's just like, oh great, I'll write about going to the zoo. Oh okay, I didn't 
I didn't hear that. I didn't hear him say it like that. I just heard his like, oh, I thought he said something about like my first trip to the zoo. Yeah, we. Do, yeah, okay. That, I think that's the line, but I thought that that's what the. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. I didn't really get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't really I, understand I what was I, going sorry, on. I mean, in someone that could scene. tweet the show and be like, "Well, don't worry, Zach. Matt doesn't get it either." No, I mean that's probably right. I just didn't. Re- I didn't. I because at least that's an explanation. I didn't have any explanation as to what was going on there. I was like, "What is he talking about?" <laughs> I thought he was like basically calling like his friends like animals. Well, that <laughs> would be accurate, but I don't know if he carries that sort of awareness. <laughs> so, I mean, when you think about it, it's. Ki- I mean, okay. So the whole moral of this is like, oh, everyone's kind of the same. But like it, it's not even really that well done because you you don't think that they're the same because you think like well these the socials are assholes <laughs> like well they're just like they, there's really no redeeming qualities about the socials like we're supposed to like Cherry for a time but then in the end she kind of is like yeah I'm not really gonna talk to you or whatever which I mean is harsh and of course we turn on her as an audience but it's kind of understandable i mean what what is she gonna talk to this yeah i mean grease monkey for does she want her friends to see her walking around with this clown? especially if if i'm correct and she is like dude a couple i don't years care older. if pony boy was a social she should not be hanging out with him his <laughs> hair Thomas is Al. ridiculous well yeah he's got the blonde hair at that point yeah i mean I don't know. Especially with the crew that he's running with. It's like if she's going to go with a greaser with the options of Rob Lowe, Tom Cruise, Amelia Estevez. She does say when they're at the movie theater, she said, I should have known you were Soda Pop's brother. He's a hunk. Because he's a doll or something like that. I mean, yeah, nobody's disputing Rob Lowe's beauty in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in a cast. the greasers. Yeah, that's like my secret number notebook. one with a bullet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I think this definitely appeals to like a younger audience because there's so much like brooding and uh, carrying on and like very like shut up, mom. Accentuated like emotions, like very like heightened emotions. About I do everything. like how upset. So much crying. I love how upset a two bit gets at uh, Johnny's mom when she's at the hospital. He's like. You go to hell. You go straight to hell. Because <laughs> Tubit is like, like a, crying. Yeah, Tubit is so great. Yeah. though. the fact that he's like crying but telling some other his friend's mom to go to hell. <laughs> he calls her like you old drunk. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. God, Tubit is like the highlight of this for me because I love Swayze, but he stinks in this. <laughs> Tom Cruise is annoying. Yeah. In this movie. He's so overacting. It's like, dude, relax. You don't have to like win an Academy Award. You're be- you're like the 10th lead in the movie. And like Matt Dillon is horrendous. Oh, yeah, he's hard to watch. Number 1, he's a- his character is obnoxious and terrible, and two, he's not great. Like he's just not great at doing the character. Yeah, hopefully we never revisit any Matt Dillon work again and on this show. It's like Ralph Macchio. It's like could he have said? Did he say a single line that they picked up with like the regular mics? Because oh, his entire performance is like overdone. Yeah, yeah. With his voice, definitely. Well, you, but did, like, you pointed this out too. I like the yeah. You're right about this because this does stand out that they have to like even in the in between cut scenes, everything has to carry over from a prior conversation. So there's constant overdubbing. 
Yeah, they're always you always hear them talking even like for far away shots or like establishing shots and you're like just let us sit in this moment and enjoy cuz like it actually is a very beautifully shot film. I you definitely buy that it's 1965. There's nothing about this that makes you think it's not 1965. It looks great. The only thing that I questioned was that they had a color TV in 1965 in the poor neighborhood in the shitty house like, yeah I, I wasn't buying that but everything else is like looks great it looks like kind of this um almost like you know i i don't think it's any coincidence that they read gone with the wind in the movie and they make the movie kind of look and feel like a gone with the wind type like, oh, yeah. vibe to the whole thing and Instead of like, and you know, Coppola obviously can't really be questioned as a director. I mean, he's made, you know, so many great films, but like, I think he would, you know, doing this kind of material, like young adult material with like all young actors and all this shit, he probably was a little bit unsure of himself as to like how to do this. Well, there's a lot and of, there's a lot of choices. panic moves, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of just kind of, you could shoot this movie like straight up and there's enough to be a movie there but he does a lot of weird things i mean again the music like really jumps out with what what's going on with the music cues i i honestly did not remember me neither all these like loud music cues over like all the dramatic parts of the movie it it really took me out of it yeah it's it is strange maybe you know part of that was like trying to cover up some of the shortcomings of some of the actors but um (laughs) yeah i mean i just think like if he should have relied more on a visual approach to some of these scenes and i think it would have felt much more dramatic and real rather than like this constant like overdubbing like these conversations like that are pretty pointless a lot of the times like the things they're saying don't really even advance the plot they're just like man i can't wait for that rumble tonight you know what i mean like just like <laughs> yeah. stupid throwaway line. and you're like what did we need them to keep talking when they got off the bus or when they're like shot from like far away over this like dramatic like looking sunset and we see the silhouette of like I'm, i guess that's like two bit it's like two bit and pony and then like cherry like parks her car and runs up and we don't even see like like, their faces yet it looks great but then like and i like the music during that part too before we even get to the actual like their faces when they're actually talking in the conversation like before that like two bit and uh pony boy are like talking from far away and you're just like just let us watch this like develop before we get into the scene it's just like i don't know there was a lot of like unnecessary things like that but i mean overall it's still like pretty enjoyable it's like in the end credits we get the stevie wonder song again (laughs) yeah i love it (laughs) (laughs) and you're and i think that you're gonna be hearing a little bit of that you know underneath us talking here (laughs) (laughs) or at least at the beginning (laughs) absolutely yeah we would be remiss if we didn't include it but uh yeah i mean not surprisingly doesn't have an amazing like rotten tomato score i think it was like 65 percent which, you know, with the way that this movie's held up and with the director it has, I could have told you probably 95%. Yeah, yeah. You would have, It would have seemed believable. But, I mean, I think some of the critics were aware of the shortcomings, you know, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I think, in a weird way, this movie has only improved in people's opinions. 
I think I think yeah. at the time it wasn't necessarily like, oh man, this is really great. I think yeah, maybe kids it, probably thought it right. was great, but most critics and adults it were probably, probably like, this has is a, a legacy garbage. for its legacy. Probably stands out in ways that it wouldn't have upon its initial screenings. Yeah, like, and I mean, obviously, cast, all of the, the cast went shot. on to hu- be huge stars. Uh, now, granted, a lot of uh, Coppola's like biggest and most well-known movies had already come out by then, but you know, it's part of Coppola's big career. He t- took this weird little detour and made The Outsiders and Rumblefish back-to-back based on right. S.E. Hinton novels. I don't think he's ever really done anything similar to those type of movies. It's kind of this weird, random thing that he decided to do. And obviously, with uh, year after year, uh, seventh graders reading this book, or however old you are when you yeah. read it, I might have been even younger. I don't know. I can't really remember. It was either sixth or uh, yeah, seventh yeah, or yeah, something somewhere around then. And you know, they're all going to see the movie too because the movie's it's it the re-released version is PG thirteen. The original was PG, and I mean, it's a very tame PG thirteen. So you can easily show this in school to middle schoolers. And it's like, you know, I think it's just going to live on in that sense. And, you know, stay gold, pony boy. So get your requests in. Get those fucking requests in, please. Uh, (laughs) I think that's everything on The Outsiders. I mean, yeah, a lot of big things coming up for the show. Keep an eye on that feed. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some pretty cool stuff coming and we're excited to tackle some of these requests. So, Zach, if you want to wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll get to uh, the first listener request pretty soon. I think, you know, we're going to try to do uh, two uh, before the greatest October in the history of forever. Then maybe we'll pick it back up after that. Um, those those will be, like, released, like, on later in the week. Like I said, it we're still going to do our regularly scheduled things, which will include fan favorite choices such as Picnic at Hanging Rock. (laughs) But, you know, we'll be also giving you the bonus then of one of your own picks right back at you. So don't don't be intimidated. We're not going to... We do one for us, one for you. Yeah. Very much like Affleck and Damon on the set of Goodwill Hunting 2, Hunting Season. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean... You know, don't be intimidated. We're not gonna. We're gonna be more than happy to interact with our listeners in that way. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna be excited to do whatever way, your picks are. That's what we do. Uh, our favorite movies of all time. We still rip them apart and trash them. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, everything that we've done on the show pretty much is stuff that we really love and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's kind of just like, you know, it's all part of the fun. If, if somebody suggests something you know that they want us to do we kind of are going to take it like they also love and enjoy that thing so it's going to kind of be the same kind of thing i mean did anything get it worse than halloween 3 and i mean if somebody asked me what my favorite movie of all time was that's that's in the running <laughs> yeah i mean i i definitely am going to be watching halloween 3 again soon oh, yeah. we should probably just do that's another halloween 3 uh, episode yes, yeah <laughs> just like a <laughs> Someone halloween request 3 that, actually. season of the witch redux so I guess that'll do it for the outsiders. Keep checking the feed. Uh, you're gonna be getting some. Give us a seconds, and you know the listener requests coming up soon. And just tons of big things. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. The